time to talk games and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Talk Games Chew Bubblegum, where if the frame rates are rocking, don't come a knocking. I'm Alan, and here I'm with my two favorite paranormal investigating buddies, that'd be Lucas and Adam. Say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Hello. I just mop floor. <laughs> all right, everybody. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So I'm super excited today because, um, yeah, you are actually, if you're listening right now, coming into a discussion that we were having about today's game, and that would be Control by Remedy Games. And uh, we've already just started all of our conspiracy theories and all, but we're going to let you in on, on what we've been talking about. But first... Let's talk about what control is and uh, just get all the preliminaries out of the way, fellas. So what do you say? Well, as they said in the Matrix, nobody can tell you what control is. You have to experience it for yourself. Well, Facts. I feel like you just summed up our whole episode. With all right. Word. Like, Thank you like... for listening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People of no. all ages. No. <laughs> yeah, c- control is a game about mystery. Mm-hmm. And in it, you control a, a person named Jesse Faden, who's on a, on a quest or mission to try to find her brother who went missing, was kidnapped a number of years prior by a shadowy government organization. And uh, you follow Jesse's exploits and adventures in a single building. Correct. It's very exciting. That, that is correct. That's correct. Now, I, I'm really excited about this this episode because this game involves so many things that I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, secret government agencies that fight otherworldly forces, you know, uh, similar to like, you know, maybe like your Men in Black or, or something like that along those lines have always really appealed to me. Of course, we're not talking about aliens here. We're talking about more por- paranormal uh, activities and such. So to kind of give you a breakdown of exactly what kind of world is being built here, when you say we we talk about the Federal Bureau of Control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say before we get into the FBC, we do have to just get the annoying elephant out of the room, which may or may not be an object of power. Who knows? <laughs> and that is, this is set in a larger multiverse um, that Remedy has created that spans am- amongst several games, Quantum Break, Alan Wake. And as the conspiracy theories go, we're only going to be talking about what happens in control and control as a game. We will not be expanding upon the other multiverses as best as we can, you know, cause that is a slippery slope and we all know the TGCB way of white, <laughs> of, of the rabbit <laughs> and tangents. This, so this gonna... episode and, and the discussion <laughs> that, that started before our recording where, I mean, I don't think there's been, any games that that I've been a part of recording for that uh, we've all been as excited about that <laughs> this is this is one that we are all really pumped to come mm-hmm. to the discussion and it's you know we're, we're swapping stories we're swapping little tidbits and, and one thing that I had mentioned prior to the recording is that the one thing this game does really well is give you a very satisfying story and, and setting but leaving you with a lot more questions than you started with so in light of that, this episode, if we did a, a comprehensive review, would end up being a podcast all of its own that you yep. know, hundreds of episodes and more hours of content than anybody wants to listen to. <laughs> so 
like like Adam said, we're limiting the scope of this to discussing uh, mostly the the setting and some of the story of control. So as as we talked about before, this was developed by Remedy Entertainment and released in 2019. Uh, Remedy, you you might know from their previous games. There was the game Alan Wake, and then the uh, the kind of somewhat standalone sequel expansion pack thing, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, and then uh, uh, Quantum Break, which I believe came out in 2016. But Control and these two these two other games that Remedy is very well known for uh, have been uh, how many different awards? have these oh. been nominated for I mean, the I, artwork, the design, the story. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see it with control. And I think d- this was control was coming out during the year of last of us two and eighties. And, and I, I want to say it was getting nominated around that time. And I was like, I had no idea what control was. It, it was just, it might've been the year before that, but I remember it going up against some big stuff and I just never heard of control and I hadn't even played control until about two weeks ago. Right. I I believe, um, I believe those other games, last of us two Hades, I believe that was 2020. Okay. Right. 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 Uh, no, 2019. I'm not really sure what it went up against, but it definitely got some love. I mean, I know it was Mm -hmm. AG and I was IGN's game of the year. Uh, that year among so many other awards and accolades and honestly by the time we're done talking about this hopefully you'll understand why you need to play this game yeah short and simple control is a third person shooter with telekinesis abilities essentially mm-hmm. uh, and you know what that's something that we'll definitely go into more but it's your run gun shoot and then hey is there an object in the distance i'm going to launch at somebody you know, mm-hmm. using the kind of psychic powers. Uh, it, it flows so good um, just and from the, that standpoint. The the storytelling is done through a mixture of in-game items and, and letters and, and documents that you can find. Uh, there's, there's some absolutely stellar voice work, uh, live action footage of mm-hmm. a lot of the actors that, that perform motion capture for the different characters in the game. Mm-hmm. And there's even a, uh, I want to say a Finnish metal band called uh, Poets of the Fall that had provided a bunch of uh, very atmospheric music for different segments of the game. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, dude, I, 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 we're, 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 we're holding in so much excitement right now, everybody. You don't really it, understand. This is hard. <laughs> yes. I, we're literally about to explode going, all right, can we talk about this now? I know, um, I know. Welcome to Talk Games Chew Bubblegum, the only <laughs> podcast about talking about games where we're not going to talk about the game. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to beat around the bush the whole time. Yeah, so let's, uh, Adam, you, you kind of you started off describing some of the key elements of the setting in here. And Correct. in here we have uh, yeah, objects of power, was it altered world events? And mm-hmm. what was the what was the third? Federal Bureau of Control. Well, there's um, like like objects of power, but uh, altered items. Altered items. Um, you also have uh, thresholds, uh, places of power. There's a lot of those little terms and everything for all these things. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we should probably go through our little glossary here, just so people can keep up with us as we as we talk about that. So yeah. in this setting, weird things happen. 
And sometimes mm-hmm. weird things happen in a particular location mm-hmm. and that will be an altered world event. So mm-hmm. something will happen in say a small town, you know, small town USA, something weird happens, you know, half the town disappears. It's kind of your classic X-Files shtick. Mm-hmm. But when those things happen, sometimes things are changed in some way and given some kind of paranormal power or ability. And some of those are much, much, much more powerful than others. Mm-hmm. So the, the altered items are exactly what it sounds like. So say you have like a, um, you know, a chain letter or something like that, that has the ability to jump and fly away from you and duplicate itself multiple times. It, you know, that would be, that would be something like an altered item in the game. Uh, and then you have objects of power, which are things that have much greater uh, capabilities or powers or imbue their, their user or whomever holds them with some other kind of ability. That is true. That is true. Uh, and fun fact, if you are one of those lucky recipients of abilities from an object of power, you could also be known as a para-utilitarian. Ooh. I know, right? It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. But, uh, but then also I mentioned thresholds earlier. Those are actual different dimensions, which is where a lot of these altered items and objects of power will actually get those those powers and those forces that they are able to imbue into seemingly ordinary objects like, I don't know, a refrigerator. Rubber right? duck. Right. All right. So a television I, I, set. A slideshow projector. Ooh. A shoebox. Chills. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. <laughs> we can keep going. We can keep know, going. All right. Ordinary enough enough being items. mysterious about this here. So when you first enter the game, you are Jesse Faden investigating the, the disappearance of her brother. And you show up at, uh, at a very nondescript featureless building Mm -hmm. in the middle of a large city. And you have, you have investigated and traced your brother's disappearance to something that is, is not well known and is this shadowy government organization we keep talking about called the Federal Bureau of Control, or the FBC, from whence the game gets its name, Control. Mm-hmm. Now, the FBC, actually, their job is to investigate and contain paranormal events or altered world events. And they've been doing it since maybe the late 40s, maybe early 50s. And uh, the headquarters inside this seemingly featureless building, which is called the... Uh, the oldest house. The old house. Yep. Yeah, the oldest house. It's located in New York City. I don't remember the address. What, what was the address there, Luke? You you happen to have if, that? If you look up uh, thirty three Thomas Street in New York, that uh, that will be a, a strangely nondescript building that has uh, doors but no windows on it and a lot of lot of ventilation. But I think nice. that this this was supposedly the the inspiration behind the exterior of the oldest house, mm-hmm. and. As far as the Federal Bureau of Control, if that sounds familiar to a lot of the uh, lurkers of various corners of the internet, that's probably because it's it's very similar to the SCP Foundation. I don't think you could talk about control without also talking about SCP. That SCP was a kind of a collaborative uh, fiction project where people had a wiki and they would write different articles and documents describing 
different kinds of um, unexplained phenomena that defy the known laws of nature. And in that lore, it's called they're called anomalies or SCP objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's very like for like. It's very similar. So if if you just want to say, okay, I I love the SCP Foundation. I wish they made that into a game. This is the game for you. They they made this game, but they made it their own IP. They made it something that they can actually you know tell the story to and sell for money. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they 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 took my money. I'll say that much. Damn them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. This game was, was, was imbued with the ability to take all my money <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was okay with that. Uh, but um, so, yeah, so, so Jesse Faden is now inside the oldest house. Is there a way she gets inside the oldest house? I mean, you feel like a place with no doors or anything, it would be kind of hard to get into. So, so, so interestingly enough, if we really want to get into it, so the oldest house is actually a place of power which is just a full on building that's just completely imbued with, with all of these forces, right? And it can only be found by those who are looking for it. It's only accessible by those who are looking for it. So Jesse's got a reason to be there. And you show up and there's nobody around except for mm-hmm. some strange Finnish janitor. <laughs> Ati. Yeah. We're just going to skip past that for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we'll come Ati, Ati's we'll come got back. his whole ass chapter, so we'll just skip yes. past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but in essence, yes, you come across this Finnish janitor. He he's definitely quirky, uh, and and he and he says uh, something along the lines of, "Oh, you're here for the interview for my assistant. Go upstairs for the interview." Now, one thing we also left out. The building is actually going into lockdown as as we arrive and we meet with uh, with Ati, right? And he sends us on to our interview. I'm doing air quotes here. No one can see it except um, Adam and Luke, of course. And that actually is another thing that we can't talk about right now, but we're going to get into it further on. But yes, you, you make your way to your interview and strange things happen. Ellen, then you become the director. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. You become the director and pretty hard. So Jesse, Jesse's just out looking for her brother. He's been lost for years. She's finally found a solid lead, tracks him down to this building, shows up, gets greeted by the janitor. Building goes into lockdown, goes to her quote unquote interview and ends up as the, the director of the federal Bureau of control. Now, if she got the position mm-hmm. as the director, what happened to the person that was in her place before she took over. Oh, he did. Okay. He very, did. <laughs> <laughs> he very did. He very did. Yeah. He, uh, he, he died by his own weapon, right? Which then Jesse inherits and, uh, it's called the service weapon, simply the service mm-hmm. weapon. Now, what was the director's name before this? Cause I feel like there might be a little bit of storytelling. Oh man. <laughs> and, and I'm which, trying to which keep director? it basic. Trench. Okay. The one that we're going to see a few times throughout the story. Okay. okay. All so right. Trench yes. was the director before Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse fills Trench's shoes after he decided to take his own life with the service weapon. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just making sure I'm, I'm A to mm-hmm. B because mm-hmm. okay. okay. it's yep. easily yep. to go to A to Z in this story. 
True, 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 true. <laughs> I know, and and that's and and once again, uh, forgive us, everyone who's listening and all. We are really doing our best to try and keep <laughs> this from going off the rails as much as possible, and that's why that's why we're talking the way we are. So she inherits the service weapon and becomes the new director as she so is let's, informed. Let's, yeah, go ahead. As she is informed by the board who is a completely different thing. Oh, she gets a, she gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she, she, she picks it up and discovers, and she talks to the board, uh, who we're not. <sighs> so this, this whole, this whole setting, this, the, the whole FBC is really heavily themed, uh, in, in like a 1950s, like Mad Men, you know, nine, what was that? 1960s. Um, well, no, no. And, yeah, like, like old school office, you know, you can, you can smell the cigarette smoke mm-hmm. in, embedded in the walls, uh, with, with a lot of this and, uh, you know, so much of that is, is explained later on in different documents and stuff that you can see. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, you can bring in newer technology, but it, it just kind of stops working inside the oldest house. So they're, they're stuck with, uh, a little older school of technology. And one of the ways that you get your directives and your information and, and guidance throughout this game is through an object of power called the telephone, because it's a telephone <laughs> and it, mm-hmm. it's like this old, old school, you know, hand uh, like Bakelite body with the, the coiled cord and everything like that. You, it's you've not seen these that. phones before. It is your, so this is one of the pictures I was telling you about. I have, okay. it is just a plain red phone with a button in the middle. And it's yeah. your classic. It, you think an old school telephone that you set on a receiver mm-hmm. that should have a dial. Nope. It's just a red phone with a big button in the middle. It, it's, it's the, the, like, it's like the phone that you would imagine during the, you know, after the Cuban missile crisis and everything that we <laughs> had the hotline between Moscow and Washington, DC. It's, it's a direct line, and this serves as the director, now Jesse, uh, her, her way of communicating with the board, who is a, a nameless entity or a group of entities. Who knows? They don't quite explain it. Again, this game is really good at leaving you with a lot of questions, mm-hmm. drawing you just enough picture to, to feel satisfied that you, with the direction you're going in, but not actually answer too many questions right exactly now now the thing is jesse didn't come here to become the director of the fbc no. right she just she's just here for her brother right so ultimately her search for her brother now turns into like the world's worst job interview or <laughs> i mean or, or, i feel like best i was gonna or, say or, or world's like, best like you sit world, down and you're automatically creative. director so mm-hmm. world's well she had to, a man had to die for that right in front of her but i mean whatever but hey, we've all been that's there. all positions all positions okay. in a job like someone's gotta have to sacrifice for me to, <laughs> okay. to get them okay okay then okay then the world's most creative first day of training for a new position no, okay. you can you can just imagine her doing the the clerks. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> right, like fifteen times during the game. It's like, right, was right. this my clock in number? Am I getting paid for this? Yeah, right. We never right. even talked benefits. Yeah, how's the dental in this place? Well, apparently I don't know. they're good, according to Langston. 
but that's we're not there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's a whole thing. <laughs> All right, so so now we have Jesse as the director. She's inside the oldest house, right? Uh, she has the service weapon. She's talked to the board, right? And have been informed that she is the boss, right? She's there's the a boss. lockdown near the boss. There's a lockdown now. There's a reason for a lockdown. The oldest house is under attack. And, yes. and like we talked about before, there's there's thresholds and the idea that there are areas where the gaps between different worlds or dimensions becomes thinner. Mm-hmm. And there is some kind of entity that, that the game refers to as the hiss that is either leaking through or it's already here or something is happening where the oldest house and the Federal Bureau of Control are under attack by this nameless entity. Mm-hmm. Cool. It came from inside the house. Yeah. The, and the best way to describe the hiss is your old school demonic possession. Mm-hmm. You know, like red eyes, okay. glowing red body. Some of them are on the ground controlling troops. Some of them can float in the air and throw stuff at you, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the level that they're at. But easiest and always, way to always accompanied, always accompanied by this really uh, unsettling word salad. It's almost like if you. Mm. took a bunch of random words out of the dictionary, strung them together into phrases and, and sentences that almost sound familiar and mm. then layered them on top of each other and just like chanted them monosyllabic. Or, I am uh, mo- so glad. I'm so glad you said that because there was points in the game where I was trying to listen to what they were saying. <laughs> like just like, and like throughout the levels, you know, when you're close, cause there's just yeah. ordinary people floating in the air, just chanting stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would knock them out of the air just so I could have clarity of what I was doing next. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you would just hear the thunder song is striking you down. Eggs will crack. You're like what? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what you hear the whole time, which is awesome. Right, right, right. right. And uh, yeah, so, so the hiss have, have invaded. They started taking over the bodies of all of the people inside of, of the FBC, save a, a few for reasons. Right. And now it's Jesse's job as the director to to beat this threat back. Right. Right. Now, I kind of want to go back to her weapon, the service weapon. Yeah. All right. Yes. Now, I, I believe in our episode about our our favorite weapons, I believe the service weapon was mentioned in that episode. Right. And I, it had to have been me because yeah, I was say, it had Adam be hadn't played I, it until yeah, now. Yeah. So the service weapon <laughs> is nice shout out to yourself, Alan. Yeah, man. That, that guy, that guy, Alan, man, he really killed it back then. That's one no. smart cookie. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. But um, the service weapon is an object of power. Right. Which, uh, in a sense, will imbue Jesse with certain abilities, which we'll get into. But it has another unique property all its own. It has the ability to change its form to suit the type of um, fire that you need, right? So as you're going through the game and everything, it starts off as just a single semi-automatic semi-automatic pistol. But as you're going on, it becomes a sniper rifle, uh, it, shotgun. It, a shotgun. It has um, like a I don't say gun. machine gun. Yeah, yeah. A chain Rocket gun, gatling gun. Yeah, all of these things to suit your needs on the fly. So it's just one of the most kick-ass weapons I've ever seen in all of games. 
And I, I'm so thankful to Remedy for for introducing me to something like this. What a time to be alive. And, <laughs> really and this, awesome. man, this, so this game crosses boundaries between, you can't quite say it's, it's science fiction or urban fantasy or horror. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of all of these things, mm-hmm. but as, as rich and deep as the story is, it does some really neat things to help serve the gameplay. Because like you described, you don't have any other weapons or tools or there's no grappling hook in this game. There's Mm-mm. there's nothing else except for Jesse and whatever uh, abilities she may have. You, you know, she'll have some abilities that are granted to her mm-hmm. over the course of the game through objects of power. But most of the the combat and conflict in the game that you deal with as your normal you know run and gun shooter action is uh, the, the depth of that and the, the variations that you get is through the service weapon and the variations on there. And the, the beautiful thing about how the story ties into these mechanics is there are rules and there are reasons for everything in this game, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell you the rules. It doesn't tell you what to expect. It doesn't tell you how these things are done. It just says, oh yeah, this, this rubber duck, you know, it, it can teleport. Right. But it, but it doesn't do that by necessarily telling you. You just might suddenly come across a rubber duck that you get close to it and it blinks and squeaks and flies across the room. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And another thing I like about, about the way this uh, game is written is Jesse is definitely a believable person right not just because she takes on a real person's likeness and his motion captured and all this stuff but jesse never comes across as like an action hero right that's not who she is she doesn't walk into this thing you know able to to scale a building with her bare hands and you know she's not a kung fu master or anything she's just a a regular person who walked into this place well maybe not regular she has her past but <laughs> like she, she's just a regular average run-of-the-mill tier one operator with extreme parkour abilities and <laughs> exactly. the athletics athleticism that would shame gold medalists at the olympics exactly except no, right? no i want to say one thing real quick before we get too far off on uh what we should be talking about and that was my only <laughs> gripe with the game mm-hmm. was kind of the service weapon because it wasn't i feel like they should have mapped the different functions because there's all these different functions that this gun can do mm-hmm. but you can only have two equipped at the same time mm-hmm. and i don't like that i had to pause it go into the gun selection yes. choose the new kind choose what mods i wanted to do whether it was more damage less recoil it, like I wish I could have just mapped that to cycle through because there are fights where I needed close combat on, you know, shotgun and then immediately needed to switch over to my sniper rifle to hit somebody floating in there. And yeah. it broke up what would have been some of the smoothest, amazing combat, whether, you know, like from shooting, shooting, throwing, throwing, I'm now shooting, pausing, switching, shooting pausing switching and that that was my only gripe with the game understood i completely agree yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. completely agree i agree um but i will say the other aspects of the game like when you start to develop your uh, telekinetic abilities and all all of those are seamless just button combinations all that type of stuff you don't really have to worry so much about switching between those in the same manner you could just do them Mm -hmm. uh and since we're talking about those 
if anyone here has ever played that game where you know you you turn to a friend and say hey you could have any superpower in the world what would it be if yours was ever telekinesis this is your game mm-hmm. simple as that right uh you i mean what, what can she not do clearly you know she could pick up objects and and throw them uh at things uh she can create a shield out of just random objects around her right uh, if, she if could, you don't have any objects around you the game is really good about just grabbing random chunks of wall and floor and stuff yep. around you. So right. you have the ability to have unlimited objects that you pull with your telekinesis and throw at the enemies. Mm-hmm. And at the higher levels, you can even grab your enemies and use them as ammunition to throw into each other. Mm-hmm. I had my force ability. Like I was pulling up three items at a time. Mm-hmm. Yep. just launching it it was yeah. it, and it was so cool it's a, such a gorgeous game when you're like just looking around in the middle of a combat and you're like boom 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 just throwing scene explosions bodies it oh yeah yeah, oh. yeah exactly exactly i mean hearing drowning pool of playing in the background <laughs> No, because they the floor, they never the hit the floor. <laughs> they the never hit the floor. The they explode. <laughs> so yeah, so so now we're we're playing this this <laughs> this Metroidvania style game, right? I mean, because basically that's what that's what you're doing, right? You're going to different areas of of the oldest house, right? Uh, not in any particular order, you know, necessarily. I mean, yes, the the story will drive you here or there, but you know, it's not like a very a truly linear experience and you're experiencing all kinds of fun things. Like you said, you're picking up um, different bits of lore. Uh, you get to go to the are... mail room, the yeah. furnace. Yes. Yes. Ventilation. Uh, you, you even do some, you even perform some tasks to help out Ati with his janitorial duties along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything of course has its own little twist to it, right? Nothing is ever as simple as just do the thing. Right. It's like, yeah, go to the furnace and everything and, and, and feed the furnace. Oh yeah. The furnace is, is sentient. Right. And it demands human sacrifice. Great. (laughs) Great. Right. But you also in this, you know, you're finding out more and more about the, the FBC and what they do and everything. You also can come across all the different artifacts, including one very, very interesting interaction with a, with a guy who has been tirelessly watching a refrigerator. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. And that man needs a break badly. What was his name? Do we remember uh, his Phillip. name? His Phillip. name is Philip. Yes. All right. Moment of silence for our boy, Philip. Okay. That's enough. Yeah. Philip, my boy. He, he stayed with his eyes on that refrigerator as long as he could. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite dialogues in the game <laughs> because you're, t- you find Philip just randomly you're doing something else and you walk by Mm -hmm. this like cell essentially and there's a guy just staring at a refrigerator he's like please help i can't look away (laughs) and i have been here forever and then so when you start that side quest you go talk to uh, the head of security he's Mm -hmm. like oh philip's on refrigerator duty oh that sucks (laughs) (laughs) I completely forgot about him. Oh God. You know, uh-huh. like if you have ever worked in a service job or a shitty office job, there mm-hmm. are so many moments in this game that you can empathize with <laughs> yeah. that, that you have either had the reaction or had the interaction with somebody that had that reaction where it's like, 
oh man, he's got to clean out the fryer, the grease trap. Ooh, Ooh that yeah. poor guy, you know? Now imagine yeah. getting stuck doing that for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, because because of the lockdown and everything, no one's around to, <laughs> to relieve him of duty. And uh, poor Philip is, is suffering. If you don't, you know, we're talking about objects of power and them kind of having minds of their own a little bit. Uh, this refrigerator gets cranky if it doesn't have somebody looking at it all the time. It's kind of like if uh, if you've ever seen the weeping angels in Doctor Who, how, you know, if you blink and suddenly they they can move. But if you, yeah. as long as you look at them, as long as you stare at them, they can't move and they can't hurt you. Yeah, that yeah. Stare at them or they hurt you. So they're basically Instagram models. Oh, 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 that was too much. Okay. Okay. That was, that was a bit too far. Okay. Okay. No, no, but really, um, I I apologize to all of our Instagram models who are actually following us and all. I I had to take that jab. I apologize. Uh, but who hurt you, Alan? (laughs) Your mom burn you with cigarettes as a child. Anyway, about this game that we're not talking about. You leave leave Mama Marlboro alone. (laughs) Oh God! <laughs> no, um, not, but yeah, not following that thread. All right. <laughs> so we're, th- yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I broke them both. Yes. <laughs> no. Okay. So, so you know, Philip finds out the hard way what happens when you stop looking. Boom. Yep. All right. There you go. Right, but but that's that's part of the fun of this game. So you mentioned the head of security, Adam. Yeah, Langston. Right, and um, he. And his team are what? What are they doing, Adam? What are they doing in in this game? They're oh god, I'm trying to remember what the name of the place is called. Well, they're they're part of the containment group. They're mm-hmm. they're there specifically because objects of power have power, and mm-hmm. you need to keep them locked up or else things happen. You know, I was talking about the SCP Foundation before. The SCP stands for Secure, Contain, and Protect, and that's the mm-hmm. idea behind the containment group i believe it's i believe langston is the containment group but the mm-hmm. uh the the area of the oldest house in which they take these objects of power these altered items and they lock them away in some way so that they don't cause harm mm-hmm. panamatronicon panopticon there you go <laughs> meaning all seeing in latin there we go oh god look at that I'm pulling out the latin on us all right Yes, sir. Right. That that that's the kind of quality entertainment we bring to you, folks. Uh, mm-hmm. We we have we have Lucas here educating you on all things. We're not just entertaining. entertaining goofballs. We can also teach you something too. Somewhat educated. Somewhat. Yeah. So I bring down the curve. I, I think we're forgetting something about the hiss, mm-hmm. um, and that is like with all these people. How are or how are we meeting? Like. Langston, the head of security and all these people, how have the hiss not infected them? That's what I wanted to get at. Okay. Yes. So I forget the, the name of the thing right now is really killing HRAs. me. HRAs. Yes. Yes. The HRAs. Hadron Resonator. Yes. Hadron Resonators. Now, these things are fun little items that you can use in order to uh, avoid being infected by the hiss or taken over by the hiss. Uh, and the way they work, I'm not going to get into it because I didn't build the thing, so I can't tell you how exactly it works, but I know what they do, <laughs> right? And 
anyone wearing these can, well, basically they, they have a barrier against the Hiss infection, right? The problem is, aren't too many of them around. Uh, they were created by, by Darling. Dr. Darling. I apologize. He, he didn't go to mm-hmm. six, six years of paranormal medical school. has to be called Mr. Darling. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah. So Dr. Darling started creating these, but you know, before whatever happened to the man happened, he was only able to create a few and uh, the security team have them. And a, a couple other people throughout the FBC also have them. Really, and there are, there are some secured areas too, like, like uh, fallout shelters almost throughout mm-hmm. the game where people were able to take shelter or, or not take shelter if they didn't get there in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, with the, with the mention of Dr. Darling, this, this group, the federal Bureau of control is not just there to contain these items, but they also have an entire research branch and there mm-hmm. are all kinds of things that this game does with different parts of the building and different things that happen to the people within or the items that were uh, in various levels of containment throughout the game when the, when the oldest house goes into lockdown. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's where the lore and the conspiracy theories uh, go throughout this game, especially with Dr. Darling is because you'll be walking into a room and all of a sudden there's a projector playing this, you know, scene from Dr. Darling going, okay, here's what we have. And there's always mm-hmm. this look on his face, like he's looking at you, mm-hmm. but looking past the camera, just mm-hmm. like, am I saying the right thing? Like, mm-hmm. and then like, it'll quickly skip a frame or two. And like, he's in a different position talking about the next thing. And it just something like, I don't know if there's an answer to it because this game <laughs> leaves you with more questions and answers. Yep. But I was always curious who he was talking to and what he was saying correctly slash incorrectly. But besides these, there's dossiers, there's audio recordings, there's mm-hmm. hotlines. There are so many files in this game for everything that you find. It, it, collector's nightmare. Like you saw collecting 90, 900 feathers or whatever in oh. Assassin's Creed was bad. No, because these all have a file that you want to look at and read and be like, all right, what's the difference between this hiss and the hiss elevated and then this mm-hmm. rubber duck. And it, it's so amazing. And that's where a lot of the questions come from. And like many good government files, many of these are redacted and have large <laughs> blocks that are blacked out. In some yep. cases, there's, you could have an entire document and there's like three words that aren't blacked out, but usually they tell you a little bit more about what's going on or, uh, the origins of some items or some of the tie-ins. And, uh, before, before we talk about some of those tie-ins, I do want to mention too, that there's a children's show threshold kids, threshold kids. How can we talk about control without talking about threshold kids? Now, one of the things in this game is is that you have regular people just going to their nine to five office jobs that just happen to be at the Federal Bureau of Control. Just another, you know, wonderful government agency where they're there to process mail and fill out TPS reports. But mm-hmm. they have children. And, you know, you have kids that come to uh, you know, take your child to work day and sometimes if mommy and daddy work at a shadowy government organization where weird things happen, um, 
you know, you need to introduce these kids to the paranormal concepts in ways that are uh, accessible and wholesome to them. Mm-hmm. And Alan, would you, would you say that Threshold Kids was an accessible and wholesome way to, <laughs> to introduce these concepts to young children? Malleable young hearts and minds? <laughs> Never. But uh, <laughs> no. But so just, just like everything else in, in this game. Yeah, like like Adam said, you know, you have some of this footage in there and it's it's amazing live action footage that is Mm -hmm. is recorded and you see it projected onto the wall and Mm -hmm. it's tremendously well produced in a very uh, particular stylized old timey fashion and old timey Mm -hmm. being between like 50s and 70s, like uh, like like, um, you know, old motorized um, uh, reel to reel projector Mm -hmm. style and everything about all of these things, even if it's the most straightforward report or TV show or something like that is just a little off. It's just (laughs) off enough to be unsettling in a lot of cases. (laughs) And and later on in the game, that dial goes from unsettling to just downright horrifying in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. like threshold kids. When you, you come across these recordings of, you know, little tiny shitty little puppets that they've recorded kind of talking about, Oh, mommy and daddy work at the, you know, federal bureau of control and, you know, things are happening. Oh no, the house is shifting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, things like losing parents and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh man, this is the, okay. These, these are things that children of these agents would undergo, but uh, it's not done in a, really wholesome way it's done in, in in probably the creepiest and most unsettling way possible yeah this is not blues clues right no this is uh this is something much 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 more unsettling but he went bad <laughs> but once again that's just one of those things where it just kind of takes our reality it just kind of twists it just a little bit to, to yeah. just like you said become unsettling and such and that's something that they also did uh, with with Adam Wake and all this other stuff, which once again Alan. we're not going to get too far. I said Alan, Alan right? I said Alan, right? I didn't say you said Alan. Adam Wake, dude. Yeah. Okay, okay, everybody. I've been saying Adam Wake for like the past <laughs> hour and a half. I don't know why. Right? It's my name, and I keep giving it to Adam. I don't understand it. Yeah. All right, so now- that's a perfect segue though to some right. of those connections that I wanted to talk about. That we we talked before about how Remedy Entertainment, the developers of this game, have you know pr- first produced Alan Wake not mm-hmm. Adam Wake, then Quantum Break, not, yes. not Alan Break, uh, right. and then Control. But in this game, you can find ties and dossiers that, that reference these other games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, we're, we're not going to dive too mm-hmm. much into this, in, mm-hmm. into the, uh, uh, the two downloadable content for uh, Control. One of the DLCs gets really deep, uh, a lot deeper into the origins of the oldest house and some of the things that happened from when the federal bureau of control was, was originally started up to the current time. Uh, but the second DLC is called AWE for, uh, was it altered world event or something mm-hmm. like that? That's, you know, kind of what we've talked talked about, but that describes a lot of, um, a lot of what happened in the Alan Wake game mm-hmm. and it, it, it try, ties directly into the story of Alan Wake as 
uh, kind of picking up where it left off at the end of Alan Wake mm. and paralleling it in some ways. But if you, if you liked Alan Wake and you really wanted more play control and then absolutely play the AWE DLC. There you go. Very well said. There you go. All right. So, so there's a, Oh, no, 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 please. Go ahead. I was just say there's a lot going on in the oldest house, like a lot. Um, it seems like that it, like you said in the beginning, you're only you can only find it if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're progressing. You even called it a Metroidvania at one point. Mm-hmm. So the do, oldest. Do you know house, why they call it the oldest house? I remember, but don't. I remember them saying something I or read something about it in the game, but I cannot remember anymore. They talk about it, but they don't exactly. tell you why. Oh, why is it called the oldest house? They don't tell you. Oh, okay. Well, it's just called the you. oldest house. That's, that's, that's what its name is. Oh, well, okay. Good. Okay. Then <laughs> so, but pointless the, digression. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, something I don't let's go for this. Yeah. No. Yeah. In the oldest house though, the building's kind of shifting around you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, when you say Metroidvania, like there's security card clearances where you can only get into this door, you know, even though you're the director, someone may have the car that gets you into the sixth floor and they give it to you because everything's on lockdown. You're not just given a free pass, but some of the shifting rooms or how you access some of these rooms, it's not like you just walk through a door, right? You might have to pull a light string three times, go to the ocean view motel, do something in an ocean view motel, open a door and transverse into another room. Yeah. So that's the thing about the, about the oldest house, right? So, so the oldest house clearly is, is like an intertwining point between multiple dimensions, right? Or at least contains one right uh, through through multiple thresholds right so that's why everything is constantly shifting and you have to do all these little weird things in order to get to this house, uh, this part of the house or or another and that's where you know the concept of the, the hiss coming through and leaking into here uh to to kind of invade in their own way uh for lack of a better term and everything uh is kind of grounded in uh the fact that the HRAs are called the Hedron Resonance A things, apparatuses <laughs> or whatever, right? Right. There's clearly a lot going on in this building because there's so many different dimensions that are like focused here in this one point. So when you mention the Ocean View uh, Motel, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Motion motel. motel. Yep. Yes. Right. Uh, there's, there's so much into that name <laughs> as well, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you you start to see, okay, yeah, this this game at times can be like super trippy, right? You're like, okay, what the heck is going on? How did I end up here? Why do I have to go into this motel room now and turn this painting clockwise a little bit and then step back out, then click the string on the, the light switch uh, three times and then pop into another part? You know, what is happening here? And a lot of that navigation in there i thought was really interesting but it can be a little overwhelming at times because it can be confusing yeah. like it's easy to get lost in the motel and not really find the next point right it just is it it's a single hallway with right. only a few doors to it mm-hmm. right 
but but it, like, everything but it's like its own combination lock full of combinations and, and things right? right yeah yeah it's like a small little puzzle element of the game mm-hmm. you guys you mentioning the ocean view motel and mm-hmm. and the transitions that that kind of sparks something in, in my head here so there's there's the idea of a liminal space and liminal spaces are the spaces that are transitional in between other spaces so mm-hmm. if you think of like a hallway or a um an airport terminal where you know you have these these long hallways or waiting areas and it's not really it's never really a destination uh, this game plays with that theme really really well and i hadn't thought about this this way before before you had mentioned this but the the idea of a liminal space the the space in between the transition the threshold the the idea that there are these transitions and changes happening as you progress and play through the game and these these spaces having meaning to them is definitely a running theme throughout that there are significant places that are like the janitor's office in the basement the mm-hmm. uh areas around the power generator at mm-hmm. the the heart and basement of of the oldest house and even the the support pillars underneath the oldest house mm-hmm. so all of these different areas and the transitions between them and their, their, their own significance is a running theme throughout your, your gameplay. I don't know. That's that just kind of a. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So, so this entire time, Jesse is still looking for her brother and kind of going on her own little hero's journey, you know, to just becoming the director, you know, going from this young woman whose life was shattered years ago when she was a child and her brother was abducted by the shattery organization who we now know was the fbc right after an altered world event happened in her hometown to uh the director of the fbc now right and on the search for her brother we also find out that she's not alone she's never really alone in this game right uh the entire time she's kind of I thought she was talking to me and <laughs> at first we kind of discovered there is there's something there with her the entire time it's something that she is dubbed polaris right mm-hmm. and it never speaks it always listens and it guides right you wondered how jesse got to the fbc i have a feeling polaris had something to do with this right and this is something that stuck with her her entire life despite the and you know in she admits that you know as she was growing up she went through to like multiple um um psychiatrists went through all this therapy and all everybody told her she was crazy and at the events that took place in her hometown you know that that ended up with the separation of her and her brother and everything never really happened and she's just tortured the fbc was watching it the whole time because they knew it was real but that's the point right there was always something there with her and polaris is very interesting when you when you really consider what it is and how it's driving her so i think it's a good time to talk about what happened yeah to jesse and her brother in this little ordinary town called ordinary, ordinary. um and there's a lot of files on it um there's mm-hmm. even dioramas built around this story and and all sorts of stuff Uh, quick and easy is they find an object of power which 
apparently is like one of the top tier, almost God tier objects of power that you could find. And it was a slideshow projector. And whatever slide was presented opened up a portal to that world. This is all from my understanding from what mm-hmm. I read. Yep. That's correct. Um, and during this, that is how Polaris was founded. Essentially was that she snuck into not snuck into, but they opened so the, up the, the show. slide projector would, would open up a threshold there between go. worlds. And that's how yeah. Polaris found Jesse, mm-hmm. but also found Dylan, her brother. Mm-hmm. And during this chaos, Jesse actually like had a moment of realization that she didn't know what was going on, but she knew the slideshow was bad and started trying to burn it. Mm-hmm. And that's when the FBC popped up. And I think Dylan was showing more power esque, more potential as actually the word I think I'm looking for. Yes. More potential. More peri utilitarian potential. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. And Love and <laughs> and took Dylan and the slideshow to the mm-hmm. oldest house. Mm-hmm. With only one slide left. Yeah. Yep. So so the whole time that they've had him, you know, they're just basically trying to explore uh, his his potential. And, and in this universe, some people can handle and and manipulate these objects of power or mm-hmm. altered items more effectively than others. And in in the case in the case of the the FBC the director has to be somebody that can handle the uh, object of power that is the service weapon. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a recursively defined thing. The, the director is the person who can handle the service weapon, but the service weapon is the in service to the director. That, right. uh, it's, it's a very uh, harsh job interview, mm-hmm. if you want to think about it like mm-hmm. that. We won't yeah. go, go into any more detail about that. I'm going to say the service weapon could kill you if you aren't, if you, if yeah. you aren't the right person for the job. Right. It's like a very murderous sword in the stone. Right. There you go. Right. 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 So, so that's what's going on this whole time. They're just trying to figure out if Dylan is going to become the next director of, of the FBC after trench. That's really all this was about, you know, if he can handle that, that task. And now Jesse comes, she is now the director and all but now she has to go get her her brother out of this whole thing at this point she still has no understanding of exactly what is going on or why he's here all she knows is that he's here and polaris is is there trying to uh, <laughs> trying to push him trying to push her forward trying to help her find dylan and she goes through all the regular tri- trials and tribulations right she fights a bunch of his right there's a lot of glowing red rooms. Uh, she she talks to a bunch of people, finds some more weird stuff, right? But eventually, she does come across the Hedron, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm paraphrasing yeah, the heck out of this. We're yeah, going yeah. through the yeah, Hedron. Well, they, I mean, okay. Yes. I, 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 we I feel like run through the goal, whole game here. Yeah, it, I didn't know how fast we see. In the right. beginning, I said things happen. In A to B, right? But you literally went A to Z. All yeah, of a I, I'm, I'm yep. doing it. I'm doing it. We haven't talked about Pope. We haven't talked about Trench. We haven't talked more about Langston, Darling. See, this, this we is, haven't this is talked where the game, about 
the iceberg the, of the game is yeah. 10 miles deep and yeah. we could be here for days. Okay, exactly. but we also and haven't even talked about how objects of power give you power, how you can start to seize opponents. Nope, nope and we have get not. shields and nope, levitate and evade. All right. We are <laughs> almost on to an hour right now. Exactly. I, I say we jump to discussing the game, the, the mechanics, the artwork, the, mm. you know, what what we think of this game. Who would like it? What did we think? Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? No, 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 no. The hiss hate the Hedron for reasons. Um, you you have to protect the Hedron. You you discover because the Hedron protects you, right? Because the Hedron protects you. Yeah, it resonates and it keeps yep. the hiss back. Yep, right. But it's right. only got so much power and right. ability to to contain the hiss. Right. Right. So, so oh, dude, dude, we're, we're crib noting the heck out of this now. Right. All right. right? So all right. then. Okay. Right. Right. So, 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 uh, Dylan is not protected by either Polaris, by Polaris or a Hedron resonator. So he's got some weird funky stuff going on with the hiss. Eventually the hiss do what? Put him in a coma. The... Oh, nope. No, nope. nope. <laughs> eventually, eventually the hiss destroy the Hedron and the game ends. Yep. The end. You're not wrong, but I I don't like it. <laughs> but is it the end? No, but yeah, no, but yeah. Exactly. It's not but the no. end. It's not the end. It's 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 some some mind buggery. I don't want to say the F word there. It's mind buggery. And um Adam, I think mm-hmm. you admitted that uh that you were actually tricked into believing the game was over at that point. You got the bad ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, y'all did. I, I, I want to say I laughed really hard when I got your message earlier. <laughs> and and so okay, so everybody knows, uh, Alan and Luke finished this game a mm-hmm. lot before I did. I literally finished this game about three hours before recording today. <laughs> um, and I go in blind. They have been discussing a, a <laughs> topic over topic through Discord. <laughs> and I have just, nope, not reading it. I'm playing the game blind. We have so, our note boards set out and yarn like <laughs> miles yeah. across them. And you know, it's all connected. And- so I'm skipping, like I'm skidding, skipping certain side quests because I'm like, you know, I got to focus on the side, like the story. I need to get mm-hmm. this game done. So I figured at this point, I had gotten a bad ending and I was okay. I believe your words are, uh, so, um, is that the ending? Yeah, (laughs) I I was disappointed, but I only had myself to blame. And so Mm -hmm. while the credits are rolling, I'm in discord, uh, talking like as Luke just said, and then I noticed something in the periphery of my eye as the the credits were rolling. Mm -hmm. That's the credits weren't really rolling. There was Mm -hmm. some mind buggery going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And the game continued. Yes. Which I almost quit out. I almost quit out. And it would have been such a great part of this episode that we're recording right now where <laughs> I would have been like, I guys, I don't know why y'all are so hype about this game. Like I know there's <laughs> multiple endings and we can talk about it, but I hated this game. I was so hyped. And I, we almost had that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, not that I wanted that, but I'm just I'm, now I'm imagining Somewhere in a parallel universe, there is an Adam that did that. Yeah. Oh, my thumb. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I was just hoping to see your face on camera tonight when we told you 
that there was more no, yeah. my and that thumb, that was not the real ending. My thumb was on alt. My pinky was on F4. I was ready just to quit out. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All no, right. I'm glad so, you stuck with it. Game didn't end. Mm-mm. What then? So she she's thinking that the Hedron contains Polaris. We're going to meet Polaris. We're going to find her. But during this, she kind of gets invaded by the hiss as mm-hmm. the Hedron goes down. And she goes into this old, like she's working at the FBC. She's not the director. She's just an assistant. She's collecting coffee mugs. She's scanning documents. She's dropping off mail at the doors. And it's kind of like in this vintage sepia tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you mm-hmm. are, you are doing this in the game. You mm-hmm. are collecting mm-hmm. coffee mugs. It is your assignment to uh, pass out the mail. It's your job to do all these menial office tasks. Yeah. And then after a while, after doing this, it, you get it, there. There's a, a tube and a letter or a letter and a tube. Rather, mm-hmm. it sounds better. And it's take this to the director. And as you're as you pick it up and you take it to the director, like you can hear your coworkers in the background going, who's this new girl? What's she doing? She's going to take that directly to the director. What's going on? Um, and that's where you kind of realize there there's something going on and that Jesse has been invaded by the hiss. She's lost her powers slash control um, mm. over the hiss and is trying to find Polaris to get her back to help her out of the situation because she knows things aren't right and she knows what's causing it, but she's stuck in this kind of almost Groundhog Day loop where she has to keep delivering mail to the director and seeing something happen. And then every time you do this, the office changes and, and you can see that there's a breakthrough about to happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and after doing this a few times and seeing what happens to the director, that was Trench and who pulled the trigger. And then seeing what happens to Trench and Dylan and the director and who pulled the trigger. And then Dylan, Jesse's brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You awaken, um, and find yourself in control. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Good. There you go. So at this point, I mean, basically, you're 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 back, and uh, it's it's time to finish this game for real, right? You've got uh, you, you still have the the his to combat Dylan, the brother you've been searching for this entire time. Uh, is that has now been completely taken over by the hiss right and uh you you just have to find a way out of this situation right like desperate times desperate measures all that good stuff and here we find ourselves here here's one of those things about this game right like you no 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 i refuse to go any further we are not talking about the most epic part of this game if there is one part of the game we're going to talk about, it is going to be the ashtray maze. What ashtray's maze? All right. Well, never mind. Screw it. All right. Continue. I apologize. I even brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Long story short, happy ending. Um, happy enough ending. Everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Adam, I'm doing this it's to you all day. Killing, I, killing dude, Adam here. Dude, dude, I wish everyone could see this. Adam is just dying right now. Right? No, we're not going to do it. They're going to have to play the game to understand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just just know that uh, 
Jesse does what Jesse needs to do. And uh, I, I, I don't want to go further into too many more details because I, I want you all to play this game. I want to urge you to do that. Uh, but just know that at, at the end, Jesse, if you want to, if yeah, you we, really want it, if you really want to talk about it, Adam, if you, you want to do it, just do it. If you just do there it. is such a great moment in this game <laughs> where all this mind buggery and all your superpowers and everything comes to such an amazing level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the ash dream maze where you're going down an endless hallway of rotating doors that just opens up and we won't mm-hmm. say how you have to navigate it, but during mm-hmm. this, there is that amazing music playing. It's just metal. The, the song screaming. take control, which was recorded take- specifically for that scene. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it feels like a culmination of everything that the oldest house has to offer as you're flying through hallways, shooting, grabbing stuff, throwing it, It's so good. And it's probably now easily one of my favorite moments in gaming. It was... I, I want to call back to the discussion we had about Assassin's Creed Chronicles, China. And in that episode, we talked about how the pacing of that game uh, mm-hmm. was, was very much dictated by, your style of play and how you chose to play through the game. And that by the time you got to a certain point in the game, that that gameplay, because of the limitations and the scope of that game, the gameplay could start to feel a little, a little like it, it, it you know, the tarnish it, it's starting to show and it's starting to little uh, wear out its welcome a little bit. But we talked about one, one level where it's all of a sudden just you have to go and the pacing mm-hmm. and the gameplay in that is like you are parkouring yourself all the way, all across the, the map and it's uh, a great like steam release valve pressure relief valve at that point for that game and, and this level does something very similar where you're at a very climactic point in the game you have gone through this i'm just seeing the look on adam's face right now where he's like yeah yeah i was you know slogging through this thing and then oh, mm-hmm. the ashtray maze yeah it, well there was something missing like i love the game but there was just there hadn't been a moment where i felt like i was powerful where i had like i had some really cool like moments but there was never a point where i felt like i was the director where yeah. like I had all this power underneath my fingertips. Like if I was in a fight, I was just shooting like I and, and throwing stuff. But this fight was having me levitate. It was having me pull up my barrier. It was mm. having me do all these stuff. And it just, oh, it clicked and it felt so good. By the time you get to that point, you have your full scope of abilities, meaning you can levitate, you can throw things, you can throw dudes into other dudes. You can, have multiple forms for your service weapon and you can fly around like a you can even control i don't know other enemies and yeah. make them join your fight right and this is but this that's the, that's the thing like this is that point in the hero's journey where where you have completely realized your actual power right right this is that point in every action movie every origin story where someone finally accepts their role right and they just go nuts right and and they show you oh man this is why this movie's named after me right that this was that moment 
uh, for this game. And this I game, I am the Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> right? <laughs> Who's the master, right? <laughs> right? Right. But then, but that's just the thing. Like you've played this entire time, you've gone through all this weird stuff, right? You you've thumbed through all these pages of, of lore and like redacted pages. You watched a man get killed by a refrigerator. Actually, you didn't see it, but you know it happened, right? And now here you are <laughs> after all this time, right? And yes, you do finally become your full invincible badass self, right? And you go all out. And Adam, I apologize to you for for not <laughs> for not uh, getting into this before and everything, but I really just wanted people to find out about this on their own, right? So, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, but with all the uh, see. In the beginning, we said, hey, there's going to be a lot of unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. And then we even added to that pile. Like, yeah. we didn't help at all. We just added. <laughs> we got to give I mean, them this, something. This episode like, should like, have been, this is an amazing game. Go play it. Yeah. yeah which yeah. it is. But we have to give them something. And we have to hype it up. <laughs> That's fair. And this That's is fair. this was the scene that if you are going to play it, this is was worth it 100%. Right. This is the definition of a peak experience in gaming. Yeah, that is true. There you go. There you go. That is true. All right. Well, well, I apologize, everyone, for trying to deny you that. All right. But uh, I, I guess, sh- should I go any further? Like, should I say? Oh, no, no. We're going to continue. Oh, no, well. we're going to continue now. We're known for spoiling stuff. That's what we do. All right, fine. Go for it. Well, I got nothing. We talked about the Ashtray and Mace. You mother... <laughs> That's all I wanted to talk about. It was awesome. All right. So we, we've talked about, I think we can all agree. I think we can all agree. The ashtray maze is definitely one of the highest points in this game. Mm-hmm. What other moments really stood out to you guys across the, the whole breadth of the game that were, were very distinct or defining moments in your gameplay? Any scene with Ati? Um, hmm it there's just as weird as it sounds this janitor listening to headphones music and just speaking complete rubbish there was always something amazing going on while confusing Mm. like there was a progression every time you met Adi, and obviously that's the way it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. but just not how you thought it would be Um, I, i will say he doesn't speak complete rubbish but there well, are a lot of things he says that are English translations of Finnish phrases. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It, it uh, yes, fair. Um, <laughs> I just, I just got to point that out to respect all our Finnish <laughs> listeners. That, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and I guess I rubbish isn't the word. It's just confusing. <laughs> like, like, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just confusing. You're like, all right, wait, what? I, I, I kind of followed you for the first half, but then you lost me. Um, the game's beautiful. Any scene yeah. that you're in, um, especially when it comes time to like the mind trippery, whether it's a corridor twisting or you're in a red and black hallway, it, mm-hmm. it it's gorgeous. Um, I've taken so many photos of this game, and that's it's one of my favorite things in video games is a photo mode because you will see me use it. Um, I'm always hovering over the pause button for that. It, I want to know so much more. I want to play the DLC, uh, but just the mind buggery in certain levels. I think those are the highlights for me. 
a, yeah. a room full of, of sticky notes. Like why? Yeah. I, I still haven't figured that one out. That's covered with sticky notes. And I haven't figured out. Oh, if y'all know the answer, we can talk about it afterwards. If it's a spoiler or not, there are certain rooms with fungus or something in, and you walk in and you immediately hold your head, get into the fetal position and can't progress. Mm-hmm. I never figured out anything about those. Can you ever actually go in those rooms? There, there are side quests that talk okay. about those. Okay. Yeah. Which one of the nice things about this game is nothing is locked out that you can go and you can play the game. You can play the uh, main storyline and then knock out all the side quests, or you can knock out all the side quests and DLC and then finish the main storyline. It does not prevent you. Nothing, nothing locks you out and prevents you from finishing all of the content as a, a uh, lifelong you know, FOMO addict of, hmm. of collecting and seeing all the things. Uh, I, I really appreciated that about this game. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So we could go down the rabbit hole, but we're going to avoid uh, that. Alan, right. Alan, what was, what was, what was something that really stuck out to you? Yeah. Just in general about the game. So like I said, yeah. this, this is, like I said, this is the kind of game that really kind of hit a lot of, of my buttons, right? I I am thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy like the concept of like I said, the secret government agency that does the otherworldly or just like the super secret stuff that like the rest of the public can't ha- couldn't handle if they knew even existed. Uh, the the fact that she's walking around with a shape shifting um, service weapon, uh, you know the the telephones, the, the Oceanside will tell, I mean, everything about it really just kind of stood out to me. The, the hiss, just how creepy they can be, but still not so overwhelming that you feel helpless. Right. In this game, just there's, there's just all of the different rooms, the, the quarry, right. That was actually one of my favorite sections of this because where the heck did that come from? Like, you know, you keep, you keep, you keep thinking to yourself, this is a building, right? Oh no, wait a minute. Reality doesn't matter here. Right. Or our reality doesn't matter here. Yeah, um, so isn't there a rock quarry in every building that you've ever worked in? Right. So, uh, you know, there, your telekinetic powers and everything there, there was, I can't think of a moment outside of the ashtray maze now. Thanks Adam. That maybe go that really like stood out and said, oh my God this is that moment and everything because there was so much about it that I was just loving as I was playing it. Right. I, I was just swept up in, in all of this and just absolutely about this, this, um, when we do an episode about quantum break, you'll probably get a lot of the same <laughs> kind of exuberance out of me. Right. But, but yeah, that's this, this entire game from start to finish, just, it was just it for me. So I really Luke, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. what, what was the moment that stopped for you? I, I really enjoyed kind of mapping out all of the different threads throughout. Like, okay, this is a large building. How does it get power? You, <laughs> you've, you've seen the, uh, the NSC, I think is the, mm-hmm. uh, um, the, the power generator in there, but there are documents that kind of give you the backstory and, and kind of the horrific origins of what the power source in the NSC is. 
And uh, I'm not going to spoil that part, especially since I, I don't think that uh, uh, too much of that is is very well known unless you jump mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole. We can talk about that later, though. But yeah. I am a huge fan of the the kind of new weird genre of things things like the SCP Foundation, like mm-hmm. X Files, like mm-hmm. uh, if you if you enjoy the TV show or comic book series Lock and Key, mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's a sci-fi miniseries from 2006 uh, called The Lost Room about something weird happening and some things happen to in this in this thing that yeah it's very very similar there's a lot of common ties but if you enjoy kind of that strangeness the the kind of you know liminal space between sci-fi fantasy uh government conspiracy horror and mystery you know this this is the kind of game for you yeah absolutely It yeah. was it, it, and I think I briefly talked to Luke uh, about it. it, and I mean briefly. I think it was like three words were said. It reminded me of a game for the PlayStation Two called Psyops. Except ah. in Psyops, you just you were full blown with powers, and you unlocked even bigger and better powers. This one, like, it felt like if you actually had powers, like telekinesis powers you know not pyrokinesis and then stuff like that and and learning to to have control over them throughout the game it it was so good um it such a perfectly paced game for how odd the pace of the game was if that makes sense i I do have a a confession to make kind of a twofold confession here Uh oh First of all, I did not buy the game. I It's not one that when it originally came out really struck me as something that I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looked like kind of another run-of-the-mill third-person shooter. Okay, you know, nothing nothing to stand out about that. Uh, but I got a copy of it for free when I bought a new video card. And I picked it up and I played the first few minutes and it I could not put my finger on it and it just didn't stick with me. And then uh, I, I had talked with Alan a little bit about it and he just totally geeked out, out about it. And it's like, <laughs> all right, all right, I'll go back and I'll give it another chance. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I went deep down that rabbit hole because as soon as I put a little bit more time in there to really, uh, really start understanding the mechanics and what kind of game it was, I think that was the big issue is I didn't, I didn't go in prepared for the kind of game it was. But it was exactly the kind of game that that just grabs me and drags me down deep. All right, I th- I think I pretty much talked both of you <laughs> into mm-hmm. into playing this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and it's really interesting because you know, it, once again, going to mention the whole multiverse of this whole thing. You know, uh, coming from the fact that it is tied to Alan Wake and and Quantum Break anything it's really interesting kind of how all of us got to this game because the two of you have played alan wake where i haven't right but i've played quantum break where the two of you haven't right so so i was actually more drawn to this game mainly because the main character jesse is i mean 
her likeness is also used in Quantum Break. So I was going, oh, wait a minute, there's what's going on here to maybe kind of go more into it to try and figure out more about the game. And I'm going, oh, bet, doing this, right? Uh, I only started then, playing Alan Wake after I had completed all of Control, including the AWE DLC that really dives deep and, and gives some things cool. away. So I will say, I will say in retrospect, if I wasn't enjoying control so much and, and I could have possibly torn myself away from that gameplay for, for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, because I, I binged it hard. And <laughs> if I, if I had the self-control to pull myself away after I'd completed the main story, or if I was going into it fresh, I would play Alan Wake, especially since the, uh, the remastered Alan Wake is out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, increases the graphics and whatnot, but the gameplay is still pretty good in Alan Wake, given given its age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have played through that first because there are some things that it would have felt a little bit better or more natural, or um, I would have felt like it explained more of things that I had already experienced or had a little bit of exper- uh, uh, understanding of versus having the explanation and then experiencing it later in Alan Wake. Mm. Mm. Okay. Understood. I said so, but Adam, so your experience was actually more linear. Yeah, I hadn't played Alan Wake since it came out for 360. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I knew we were doing this episode, and I sat down and played Control. And I, in the within the first few seconds of Control, you actually get like a little Alan Wake thing where it mentions, mm-hmm. hey this is a dossier about some American horror writer. Um, and I was like, Oh, cool. But I hadn't put together. I just thought it was like cute little like remedy thing, you know, mm-hmm. Easter egg. Um, and then this whole discussion about multiverses popped up and I, I can't wait to play Alan wake. Um, especially I can't wait to play quantum break since I've never yeah. played, played that. Um, mm-hmm. and given remedies track record, it's, I'm going to enjoy it. You know, the, the story going from Control, which came out in 2019, to Alan Wake, which came, I, I want to say the Alan Wake was 20, 2010 originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going going from a, a game that was nine years prior to it, the story, the storytelling is no less well done. Mm-hmm. The, the storytelling and the the uh, atmosphere is is right on in Alan Wake as well as it is can control. So you're not going to lose much or anything really going back to play that older game. And I'm, I'm hoping that really bodes well for quantum break too, but right. And, I'm, and that's the fun thing about this because clearly, because <laughs> clearly remedy is playing the long game here, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're slowly building this thing up. Uh, there there's reasons. I mean, think about it when you were playing uh, Alan Wake originally adam would you have imagined that however many years later you'd be playing a game about an agency that is investigating the events of alan wake right yeah. like you, you At, wouldn't have, no. right you know it, it it especially yeah nine years i mean my attention span is only measured in nanoseconds so like <laughs> i didn't stand a chance okay all right Cool, but but enough about the, about the multiverses and everything, uh, fellas. One one more thing about the multiverse. If Ooh. you liked Alan Wake, if you like Quantum Break, and especially if you like Control, 
Alan Wake 2 was announced at the 2021 Game Awards and mm-hmm. is uh, is planned for release in 2023. So if they stay on track, that's that's just next year. Yes. 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 Yeah. So everybody gets to figure out what happens. Uh, well, maybe. Or get some more questions. Yeah, I, th- I feel like given <laughs> Remedy, we're just going to have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Get even more conspiracy boards out. Great, 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 great. And now, now I already have questions about what's going to happen, right? I'm already pre-questioning things as we go along. So so thanks, All fellas. Right. I appreciate that. All right, guys. So recommendations. Do people play this game? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's even if you skip all the rabbit holes and conspiracy theories, uh, multiverse stuff, and you just play the game, you're mm-hmm. going to be satisfied. Um you know, you do a little bit of reading throughout the game. You don't have to read every dossier, dossier, mm-hmm. um, but you'll feel satisfied when you end the game. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, "Yeah, that was awesome." the The gameplay, if you if you are really not a fan of kind of the third person shooter genre, uh, that kind of gameplay, uh, I, I will say one of the things that I liked about this or appreciated about it is it didn't require you to be able to play that at a very very high level yeah your health regenerates you you have no ammo it just you know you you don't run out it just kind of regenerates over time which Mm -hmm. we didn't quite get back you know talk about when we talked about telekinesis versus the service weapon but the gameplay really encourages you to kind of switch back and forth and alternate between those that's true but between those you are very very well equipped to deal with any combat situations or any kind of uh real crunchy gameplay elements that that may otherwise deter people that are are more willing or interested to play it for the the investigation or the mystery aspect yeah that's absolutely correct it's absolutely correct i mean it i have nothing to add to that i thought i was going to but then i didn't yeah i've got nothing all right (laughs) (laughs) all right do you guys have any any final thoughts on this on control here uh do we really want final? Do we really want more thoughts on this? Because we could start some rabbit hole stuff right here. We could we just go into who, who is Ati? What is Ati? No, 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 not going to do it. Not going to do it. We'll save that for he another just, time. He just rocks a sweet ass Walkman. That's yeah, okay. Playing Finnish metal. It's all good. All right, then 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 we'll right. get into then then we'll end this one and, and maybe maybe come back to another day. But for right now, uh, yeah, if you come across uh, a copy of control for whatever reasons, you know, you find it on steam. It's on Epic games. You get it with your graphics card, play this game. Simple as that. And then once you, once you go there, if this is your introduction to that overarching multiverse, you know, continue down your own rabbit hole. Why not? All right. Until then though, phrasing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Until then, though, uh, Everybody, please uh, make sure to take care of yourself and others. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. I got my ass kicked by a vending machine.